Hello and welcome to Sumo Mainichi. This is Talking Sumo, which is the episode that we do in between, Basho. I'm Amy. I'm here with Dave in Melbourne, Australia. How are you? Yeah, good, good. It's a Sunday afternoon here for us in between Basho uh, and here to talk sumo with you. And there's a lot to catch up on. There's so much happening. Absolutely. Uh, before we kick off, uh, we're going to give you an update on our progress watching Sanctuary, yep. the Netflix commissioned Japanese sumo drama. Still haven't watched it. Haven't watched it. Are we getting closer to watching it? Well, there's a few things uh, in between, perhaps. At the moment, we're watching an amazing Korean reality mm. show called The Devil's Plan. If you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. Sponsor us, Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. So maybe when we finish that, we might consider maybe. watching Sanctuary. <laughs> uh, a few thanks. Uh, some people made some generous donations to the Sumo Mainichi Sake Fund following the conclusion of the Basho, Elliot, Eli, Kelly, Max, Oman and Kari, Adam, Daniel, Joseph. Thank you so much for your contributions. It means so, so much. And not only the contributions, but the messages that you guys left just yeah. were so lovely. Um, thank you for taking the time to to write those as well. It means a lot that um, that you value what we do and that you enjoy listening to us talk about sumo. Great. Well, if you would like to make a contribution to the Sumo Mainichi Sake Fund, you can do that via PayPal uh, using our email address, sumomainichi at gmail.com. You sure can. So let's get into some sumo news right back at the end of uh, the September Basho after it, the uh, Yokozuna Deliberation Committee always meets and they're a, uh, a board of everyday people. Oh, are, are they? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they're sumo fans. Sumo fans. And, and they're but very they're not knowledgeable. paid to. No, and they're not associated with the JSA yep. at all. So they're separate. Well, men. And uh, they have their opinion on the upper ranks of sumo, mostly the Yokozuna, but also the the people who may become Yokozuna. So they always end up talking about Sanyaku and the higher ranks there. And they gave their opinion on Terunofuji. So Terunofuji obviously has been injured for a long time. Um, and they just sort of sometimes just comment on the obvious, don't they, especially in this scenario? Well, they do, but then there's often a lot lying beneath these words. Yeah which I'll, I'll mention when we get to it. Yeah. So they said a bad back and diabetes. It's hard for him to do sumo in this condition. Okay. Obvious. Yep. Correct. Still, we need to see what he contributes to the sumo world as a whole. Okay. And I think this needs a little bit of unpacking. What do they mean by the sumo world as a whole? His Instagram account. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's, <laughs> well, I think it's what he still represents. He's yes, the only Yokozuna. Yes. They're saying we need you out there promoting the sport showing uh, that powerful Yokozuna stare. Making rap videos. Making rap videos. <laughs> uh, but we haven't seen him for quite a while, have we? No, well, they did say, they did comment that him joining the Jungyo, uh, mingling with the people, he fulfilled his responsibilities well. We need to praise him for that. I am waiting for his return. Well, maybe I'll, I'll just jump down now just to give a little update on Terunofuji's recovery. So uh, Terunofuji attended Okonomi's Danpanshi, Dan Patsushiki. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll talk about that event a little later, but he did a press conference there. Uh, gave the press a bit of an update on that 
back injury. I believe it's the temporal, uh, the vertebral end plate. Yes, I've got that right. Uh, I like the way he communicated this because he pulled out his phone and showed the press in attendance an x-ray. Oh, that's, did he? He did. On his phone. On his phone. You know, phone. he's scrolling through. He's like, no, no, yeah. not that. That's all the pictures of my dog. No, yeah. that's my cat. <laughs> oh, here it is. Oh, whoops. Don't want to show you that one. <laughs> um, now, Terunofuji, you know, much like you and I, isn't trained in medicine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, said to the press, he didn't know the details, but part of the bone is missing. Right. And apparently no one knows where this bone is. So it's chipped off. It's, it's come off. Some part of the bone is chipped free. off, but it's somewhere in his body. Oh, where can it get to? How far can it go? I Did don't he know. have any opinions on that? Well, no, he didn't. But <laughs> he seems to think it, it will just require some minor surgery. So he's continuing to prepare for And this tissue. is in the back, though. This is in the wow. back. It's always been the back. But I mean, the idea of some bone floating around in some mysterious location can't be good. No. I think that, well, also that it could suddenly hit something or, you know, suddenly become more of a problem than it is right now, you know, if it's moving around. Exactly. So, I mean, he's saying that he's preparing for Kyushu, but I don't think there's any chance of him being there. He says it's not about him just coming back. He wants to come back and do well. Mm. Well, I guess that really feeds into then what um, the Okazuna deliberate Deliberation Council is saying in that they're looking for him to stay visible, stay as active as he can and sort of, you know, he did a Doyo Iri at the Junio, mm. for example. Now, again, that was him kind of re-emerging and, you know, just, just continue to pop up from, from place to place so that he's still representing sumo and still being a Yokozuna, but it doesn't sound like, I mean, obviously they want to see him back like the rest of us, but it doesn't sound like that's in the imminent future. But look, they also had a lot to say on Takakesho. So Takakesho pulled off that 11-4 Yusho mm. in uh, September. You, your voice had a little, your oh, mom had well, a little I mean, tone to it there. You know, I mean, it's been a while since I've thought about this, but it, that still stings a little. Well, I'll tell you who liked it, the head of the Yokozuna Deliberation Committee. And he said, I guess, some of the things that we talked about in our uh Day 15 episode that 11.4 is historically a low level Yusho, and I'm quoting him now, but Kadaban Takakesho fulfilled his responsibilities as an Ozeki and attained the Yusho. So it's like a binary there. It's like, did you get the Yusho? Yes, good. Well, I think there are two things that they've mentioned here, and I think they're quite different, and I would mm-hmm. like for us to consider them differently. Did he fulfill his responsibilities as an Ozeki? I think he did up until that hanker. But what he's saying there, and what a lot of people are also saying, is that he did fulfill them. It doesn't matter what yeah. he did. It's by winning the Yusho he fulfilled them. Yeah. I mean, all I hear when I, you know, I hear these things you're about to tell us, these, these quotes from the YDC, what I say online, I hear a lot of excuses. I hear a lot of apologies. <laughs> I will not forget. <laughs> Long also, memory. like an elephant. Love you, Takakesho. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, mate. It's all right. It's all right. Well, he said it sends out a great message of hope to it, all the rikishi. It does not. It does stop, not. Stop. Okay, I'll let you finish. Who are struggling with injuries or attempting to return from injuries. Wonderful news for them. I'm still quoting. I love this quote. I value that facet as well, presumably facet of the 
you show win, and hope for him to recover and be healthy. So well, he's saying he's come back from injury and I, he's succeeded. I have to respectfully disagree. And I think this sends not a great message of hope. I think it sends a very mixed message to not... You do whatever you can to succeed. Exactly. Yeah. But where do you stop? Some small kids or whatever. Where do, exactly. Yep. Where do you stop? Mm. Where do you draw the line? Well, the truth is, and I quote, you go for the you show and that's what will be remembered. What? A brilliant result. Not by me. It's important that he won his regular bout and then the playoff bout. I think we need to take a positive view of his reaching the playoffs. Oh. Now at that point, you're like, this quote is too long. No, Stop I, talking. I mean, no, I appreciate it. I just feel that they're trying to explain away this awful, awful thing that happened. Hey, let's have a positive view of it. All that's going to be remembered is the you show. That's untrue. <laughs> I will reflect on this regularly yeah. between now and well, the Well, here time we I are die. reflecting, I suppose. Yeah, we are. Sumo is about Keiko and effort. We should look at that this way as well. There are some people who think that an 11-4 Yusho leaves much to be desired. I, I suppose that's you. Well, no, not at all. The score doesn't matter. Mm. I've never been fussed about the score. Me neither. Yeah. That's Me just neither. what happens. That's sumo. Yeah. But what's important is lifting that cup. It's important that all effort should go towards that goal. Only one person can win the Yusho. That's the important thing. He's overcome his injuries, blah, blah, blah. Then he gets to the Henker question. He's like, could I just stop here and, you know, not deal with the the ins and outs of what happened? But he decides to wade in. And he said the Henker question is a complicated one. So here he's starting to acknowledge some well, nuance. Well, I'm going to disagree right there. It's not complicated at all. It was there, a dog act. <laughs> there is no one answer to that. Okay. <laughs> there is one answer. Dog, dog act. <laughs> I watched it many times on video. So he's like rewinding, too. playing it. Yeah, <laughs> trying, to, trying to find a way that he could explain it to everyone that this isn't a hanker. <laughs> too bad. His, his wife's like, will you stop watching that? He's like, just there need to rewind it one more time. <laughs> Parts of the media have said that he was flying, but I felt that he was not. Well, he this is tricky because either he was or he wasn't. Well, so how slow motion is he going here? Exactly, and he and I quote, "felt he was mm. not." This isn't about I felt feeling. He was not. This is about fact. Worst case, it could be called a hanker. Big difference there, as he did hit first oh, and then shifted. This is absolutely the wrong interpretation. He's acknowledging of that the meet and move. Yeah. In any case, he wasn't going to let a tummy Fuji get that right hand grip. Now that yeah, I agree, I with. agree with that. What he did was to stop yep. the tummy Fuji coming forward and getting a belt grip. Absolutely, because that might have resulted in that kind of – the way I saw it might be interpreted that I am biased towards Takakesho. Well, Keisho. finally some honesty, <laughs> some honesty from this representative of the, of the YDC. But it's a viable view and I feel that whatever it was, henker or flying, it did not leave any extremely bad feelings. I'm starting a movement, hashtag not my YDC. <laughs> <laughs> they don't speak for me. Well, boy, did he speak, yeah, though. he certainly did. But great to get those insights, yeah. uh, even if they are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was very interesting yeah. to read. Well, thanks for bringing us that. That was a very interesting thing. I do wonder, I know with uh, Sumo Mainichi, the team here, and our other English language Sumo podcast, your Sumo Kabooms, your sa Grand Sumo Breakdowns, your Sumo Punks, we've spoken about a a Western Sumo Association, maybe we need to have an English language YDC, YDC yeah. where we can come together after the basho, put out a statement. Yep. <laughs> yep. You know? Yeah. I think we need some alternative views here. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I would speak for probably about double the time of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys would be pushing me off the podium, trying to wind me up with music. It'd be like, da, 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 and I'm like just yelling over the top of it. And there'd, be, there'd be Japanese language sumo podcasts reading out our statement going, <laughs> who are these clowns? <laughs> They're wrong. <laughs> Hashtag not my Western YDC. Anyway, we should W-Y-D-C. talk to them about that. Let's get that going. Uh Let's talk about Wakataka Kage's Let's. recovery. Yes. So obviously for those with short memories, Wakataka Kage went Kyujo in March this year with that bad uh, ACL tear Gee, in the it feels knee. like before that. I Sumo know. time is a funny oh, time. It is absolutely different to earth time, that's mm. for sure. He had surgery in April and was... Uh, it was approximated that he'd need eight months in recovery. So we're coming up, you know, we're still we're at six months now from that surgery, but Wakataka, Wakataka Kage is starting to train again and he's been increasing his uh, practice load. So in practice this time, he's doing the shiko, the leg raises. He's doing the teppo, the slapping of the vertical log. Mm-hmm. Not so much pressure on the knee there. He's doing the suriyashi, which is that squat walking that they do. Lots and of I, pressure on the knees lots there. Lots of pressure on the knees. And he did uh, did some putsukari, so offering up the chest for other rikishi to charge into. Yep. And he did eight ichō oshis, which is the touchy eye collision practice. So some really, really good signs. Uh, and most recently, he's been training without a knee brace. Right. So for Wakataka Kage fans, I think this is uh, very... <laughs> well, he's listening say, and applauding. For Ichiyamamoto, this is very, very good news. Uh, Wakataka Kage was asked if he'll be taking part in the Kyushu Basho. He said he doesn't know yet. Uh, but he did say fans should put their enthusiasm on the back burner. Oh, Wow. What do you think of that? I think that is a fantastic quote. I think that's that's a really beautiful uh, way of saying it. And also, he's, there's no way he's going to be there. Well, I think I, when he says fans, I think he's looking right down the camera and talking to Ichi Yeah, he's like, stop writing me letters <laughs> saying when you're coming back. Stop turning up at my house. You just got to wait. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Wakataka Kage, he was uh, listed at Jurio 7 last basho, so likely to be placed down in Makushita in the upcoming Banzuke, but probably, you know, maybe we can see him in January if yeah. things go well. I've got a new approach to these guys falling down. I, I used to, you know, oh, it's such a shame that you have to lose your ranks when you get injured like this. You know, he's worked so hard for it. But actually it gives us some great sumo and some great, you know, storylines and things to look out for when he falls down that far to be fighting the top Makushta yeah. Rikishi who are, you know, often young, often amazing, very strong, very hungry, very powerful. And for someone like him to come up against them, it's great to see. Ooh. And then we get him in Jurio. I was about to say that. We get him back in Jurio, yes. probably only for one basho, but we will. Well, well no, who it, knows? It have to be at probably least be two. 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 Depends how... Yeah, it depends on how it plays out, totally. Yeah, that is very, very good news. Mm. And we are obviously very interested in Jurio. We do uh, live streams, uh, live commentary streams of Jurio on day one, sometimes day eight and day 15 (laughs) of the uh, Basho. And you can go and check out our YouTube channel if you want to catch up on some of those old uh, streams. Yep. Very fun. So we had a couple of Danpatsu Shiki, the um, haircuts for retired... 
Rikishi? Yeah, and Okanumi had his Danpatsushiki on September 30. Yes. Okanumi is one of those Rikishi that I didn't know what I had until it was gone. Oh, yeah, took, great point. I took Okanumi for granted. Yeah. And I'll say that. You got regrets. I've got regrets. Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, so, people got together to celebrate the career of the ex Sekiwake. He's from a place called Okinoshimacho, which is part of the Oki Islands, mm -hmm. which is a two hour ferry ride uh, off the north coast of the southern part of Japan.、Um, there was a supporter group. They caught the ferry over to the mainland and chartered a flight so that 100 of his、uh, you know, support team. Could come and enjoy the、uh, Dampan Shiki in Tokyo.、Uh, and there were some beautiful、uh, interviews with people getting off the plane, obviously thrilled to be in Tokyo to celebrate Okanumi. Well, they really are tiny. I just looked at them now. The Oki Islands. Yeah. O Okinoshima. Yep. Nishinoshima. I think he's from Okinoshima. Yeah, he is. Nishinoshima and Ama,、uh, just north of Matsue. Mm. Now, I think everyone would have seen the incredible images of、uh, Okonumi taking to the doyo for the very, very final time, being showered in salt.、Mm. I mean, I feel like、I've, I saw that from every possible angle. <laughs> yeah. It was something so beautiful. There were so、it. many videos of it. And it was a funny one because we knew that the Danpatsu Shiki was happening. We were sort of watching along and. On, on Twitter. And then these images started to flood, and we didn't know what it was at the time. And it just looked so like I remember the first one I saw, I thought suddenly that it was winter and they were doing it outside <laughs> and it had started snowing, or that there was some kind of malfunction and, you know, they kept their salt baskets in the ceiling and they'd fallen down. I just had no idea what was happening. There was something absolutely beautiful. And moving about it, especially because this is an Oki Islands sumo tradition to shower the、uh, combatants in、yeah. salt before they step、yeah. up onto the doyo.、Um, I actually found someone linked it on Reddit Sumo of、uh, some videos of some old Oki Islands sumo tournaments. The, the salt, the volume of salt that we saw for Okonumi. Was a lot more than they normally do.、Let's, <laughs> they ramped it up for the. They absolutely ramped it up.、Yeah. Um, but great to see in the Oki Islands that old style outdoor、uh, doyo、hmm. and not a raised doyo. So the, do the round doyo sits on a slightly elevated piece of round earth.、Mm -hmm. So they don't step up onto the doyo as such as they step in. Yeah.、Uh, we should go and try to see an Oki Islands. Basho sometimes. Yeah. <laughs>、uh, did you see the salt, how the salt was brought in? No. Wheelbarrows. Oh, really? <laughs> It was the day of the salt bay. Like they were like, finally, it's our time. Everyone's coming to them. They're going, do you know where we can get this much salt? They're like, oh, I know. I know how to deal with salt. Was, <laughs> does anyone know, was Akua there? Because I'm, <laughs> I'm worried about what Akua saw. You think it's encouraging him? Well, you know, we've seen him really amp up the amount of salt that he's so throwing. So next time he just lines up five friends at、oh, his、yeah. end of the doyo and they're just sitting there and everyone's like, why are they there? They're just crouched there. 
I want to see him when he walks down the Hanamichi have his uh, tsukebito with a wheelbarrow of salt wheelbarrow. following him down there. <laughs> he just he just upends it up. Yeah. Onto the <laughs> or just upends it into his, into Akua's hands. Yeah. <laughs> He's got to, got to get someone to help him yeah. get it up onto the <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, he doesn't need any encouragement there. I think Aqua. So for him to see that, he's just like, oh, I can do it. Another was, big name. Yes. Had their Dampanchiki. Uh, yes. Dampatsushiki, I should say. Uh, Kaisei. So it was the day after. They often put them together. I guess it was a double booking of the Kokugikan. But Okunumi's was actually public, um, but Kaisei kept his private. Huh. So it was a much smaller event. It was by invitation only. Uh, but there was still around. 340 people. There were a lot of people there who were uh, snipping. He had um, Hakuho come and make a cut. Now, you would think that Hakuho would do um, many of these, but he doesn't do all of them. I think with him there needs to be some um, connection. And the connection with Kaisei, usually when a Yokozuna does their doyo iri, their, um, their attendants, the Tsuharai and the Tachimochi, are from their own stable. Mm. But Kaisei used to do it a lot with Hakuho when there wasn't someone else to do it. I don't know the connection between these two. No, well, I, I don't know why that was. I, mm. I'm sure someone will. But he also sometimes served as his flag bearer, as yeah. Hakuho's flag bearer yeah. in parades. So that was really nice mm. uh, to see him involved in that. And the final snip. So Kaisei is becoming or is known now as Tomozuna uh, yep. Oyakata. He used to be in another stable, but he's recently moved to Asakayama Bear just in May 2023. He always loved um, Asakayama Oyakata, who's huh. ex Ozeki Kayo. Yeah. He always wanted to, he was interested in working with him, really um, valued uh, his sumo. Yeah, always wanted to be a part of the stable, I guess. I don't know what the application process is, but he moved jobs. Yeah. And he's now with Asakiyama and he said that he was so proud to have that final snip by uh, ah, Asakiyama Oyakata. That's and, so, so nice. Yeah. Now again, Kaisei, we didn't know what we had until it was taken I know. away. And to see the photos from yeah. it. So his mother came, Rosanna, his younger brother, Renato, and his sister, Natalia. I'll put up a photo on Instagram of these. Beautiful. It's a lovely photo. They made... Uh, a 30-hour trip from Brazil to Japan. They came to the ceremony. You can really see the family resemblance. Oh, they all kind of... I haven't seen the photo. Yeah. And his wife was there as well. And as often happens, the the day of the Danpatsushiki is the day that you find out, not about the wife. I mean, mm. I think we knew that Kaiso was married. Yes. He got married in 2020, I think. Yep. Um, but you see the wives and you see them there with their husbands. You just don't see it very often. And she was uh, very lovely. And Okonomi's wife as well, sort of tying the tie and making sure they look all good in that final uh, picture. It was it was really nice to see both of those. Now, I'm not sure if you caught this, but Nishonoseki Oyakata X, uh, hang on, his name's escaped me. Kisnesato. Kisnesato. I've got the T-shirt oh, on. <laughs> I don't know. My mind just went blank there because now I think of his head and I just think Nishinoseki. Yeah. Uh, Nishinoseki <laughs> did a public lecture. Right. So I'm not sure if this is part of a series, but he, the, the article that I saw, he was up at Takaoka Prefectural Cultural Hall in Toyama on October 7th, uh, sorry, October 2nd. The lecture was titled, 
I have no regrets in my sumo wrestling. <laughs> Catchy. What do you think of that? I would go to it. I'd oh, go absolutely. anywhere in Japan to go to it if I lived in Japan. It's the title struck me as him suggesting that maybe people people think are saying yeah he has regrets. Well, I guess the way his career ended. Um, oh, you mean as a glorious yokozuna? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, yeah, I think that. But <laughs> <laughs> you've maybe, got the t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's. Um, I I guess maybe people could. I can't think of any questions because an injury is not a regret. Like you can't regret something that maybe didn't get something treated or maybe, you know, I guess we would find out. Okay. We would find mm. out if we went to the lecture, right? Well, we would. Do you know I mean, anyone who went? There, there would, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> but we have, we have got some intel on what was said there. I think there are other Rikishi who, if they came out with a public lecture called, I have no regrets in my sumo wrestling, uh, I would go, oh yeah, that's a fair title. Uh, Harama Fuji was the first one that came to mind. I think that would be an interesting lecture. Mm. And you know, I, I think he had no regrets about what he did. Yeah. <laughs> He'd do it again. Uh, let's move on to some of the, uh, content. So Nishinoseki spoke about his rise. Uh, he, he spoke about having to learn his body again as he started carrying injuries. But it was the fact that he, he learned so well about his body was uh, the reason that he could fight his way to Yokozuna right mm. at the end of his career. But interestingly, so where this lecture was taking place, this is Asunoyama's home prefecture. Mm -hmm. So Nishinoseki had some thoughts on this returning ex-Ozeki. He told the audience... A Japanese Yokozuna will raise excitement in the sumo world. Mm. Asuniyama is at the head of the line. Okay. All right. Now, this is a, a slightly controversial take because there's another Japanese Ozeki who people are talking about Yokozuna promotion. Yes. Takakeshi. Yes. Great. <laughs> now, apparently post Basho, uh, post last Basho, there was an article that Nishinoseki wrote and he was very, very critical of the Takakesho performance. Right. I tried to find it. I couldn't find it. But, of course, Nishinoseki has an accurate take on what he saw. <laughs> uh, so very much thinking that Asuniyama is going to be the next Yokozuna. He actually got technical here, and I think the uh, audience in attendance would appreciate well, this. Well, I was, I was going to say their sumo is m much more similar than oh, yeah, true. Takakeshi. Absolutely right. So I'm sure he sees that style of sumo as more oh. um, valuable. I hadn't thought about that. I just thought he hated Takakeshi. Yeah, that <laughs> could also be the fact. Um, but so Nishinoseki, he praised Asuniyama's Yotsu belt sumo, mm -hmm. but he believed that Asuniyama gave up the left side of his belt too easily. Mm. So great to see. I'm not sure if Asuniyama was in attendance. I assume not. Um, but I'm sure he would have seen this uh, free coaching lesson or it would have been passed on to him. And Nishinoseki believes that if he can close this gap in his sumo, he would be, and I quote, a power to reckon with. Yeah. That's why this these um, lectures from him would be so interesting, I think. And that's why he and Hakuho, remember Hakuho calling oh. short eye? Oh. And just being like, now this is what you've well, got to do, mate. I mean, you're, you're raising something very interesting, this non-formal 
uh, coaching? Well, I just think that they're the two new style of Oyakata, yeah, new so style right. of coaching where it becomes very specific. It becomes very sports science um, based. They're more perhaps clear. I mean, it all used to be behind closed doors, I think. So maybe this has always been going on. And I'm sure this type of specific instruction has, but they're talking about it more openly. And I don't want to harp on about that one Dosko Sumo <laughs> um, <laughs> one episode, episode that I watched where he talked about belt holds. Yeah. But it was so specific, and I'll never forget him demonstrating. There are so there are so many more episodes of that that yeah. I need to go back and watch. It, it's it well, I would like fantastic. to watch one at yeah. some point. <laughs> yeah. But he's yeah, so technical, and I think him just giving out these tips and speaking about these things is really, really interesting. Well, it's good. It's taking that, what's the saying? A rising tide lifts all boats mentality to sumo, not going, I'm just going to concentrate on my own hair. I want to improve the quality of sumo across the board. It's a really, really beautiful thing. Well, it sounds like he's invested in Asaniyama getting Yokozuna before (laughs) Takakesho too. So he needs to give him all the help that he can. Sure. We had news about Gyoji, uh, a bit of a uh, resignation and a bit of a promotion. Well, can you explain this to me? Because I I? (laughs) I saw some of this news come out and I thought, this looks all too complicated. It it was complicated and simple uh, (laughs) at the same time. So basically uh, the second top... Okay, oh, no, I'm going to go from the start. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> somebody got promoted and because of that, somebody else got annoyed, didn't get promoted and resigned. That is a perfect summation. Okay, let's move on. No. no. <laughs> so Gyoji have uh, professional names. Um, there used to be a whole lot of these names back from the 16th century, back in the Edo period, up to the Edo period. And there were a whole lot of names that Gyoji were called, but now it's distilled to two. Kimura and Shikimori. So it depends on the Gyoji stable. Um, most Gyoji, Kim, Kimura is seen as the slightly more elevated um, one and it's three to one in, in favour of Kimura. Uh, most of the Gyoji in the top division, the, the Sanyaku Gyoji are uh, Kimura. And the two types hold the Gumbai differently. There's there's a few differences in, in how it all plays out. But the Sanyaku Gyoji, for example, there's Kimura Yodo, Kimura Konosuke, Kimura Shotaro. And they're the two names that are always in use for Gyoji. Um, then there's the very top Gyoji is called the Tate Gyoji. They have set names always. Kimura Shonosuke and Shikimori Inosuke. So... The very top is Kimura Shonosuke. When they retire at 65, 65 is always their retirement age, then the one below, the Shikimori Inosuke, is promoted to the top. Okay. So I just tie this bit of red string over here. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. Go. Great. Keep All going. Right. So the next thing to pin to the pin board <laughs> is the situation right now. It has been since January 2019 that there's only been one active Tate Gyoji. The Shikimori Inosuke, the second one. The top one, Kimura Shonosuke, he retired in March 2015. So he's out. He was the 37th. He hasn't been in Timo since 2015. Yep. There's only been the second top, Tate Gyoji. The 41st, Shikimori Inosuke, Hideki Imaoka. He's from Takadagawa okay. Stable. Yep. He is the guy who has made a lot of mistakes. Mm. He is known for 
uh, making an incorrect call, offering his oh. resi- having it overturned, offering his <laughs> resignation, and having it not accepted. Oh, I can remember many, many occurrences of the uh, retirement being offered. He's had some shockers over the years. Some real shockers. I think he's been better recently, like in the last year or so. Mm. But over the few years before that, there were many occasions and some real clangers yeah. where he just, <laughs> just got it wasn't wrong. seeing it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, so he hasn't ever been promoted to that top spot. And that sort of is an indication maybe of the fact that he's you know, a bit crap. A bit crap. <laughs> but he's been involved in sumo for so long, you know, he's he's in the traditions, he's he's done his time and so, you know, they're not going to chuck him out or anything. <laughs> Finally, they have promoted him. Yeah. The promotion takes place on Christmas Day, on the 25th of December this year. So Fukushu is still in his Shikimori Inosuke yep. role. But after that, he's going to become the 38th Kimura Shonosuke until he reaches 65, which is September next year. So what they've done is they've waited, waited, waited since 2015. Then they've gone, oh, I guess we got to give you this. But you can only <laughs> so, have it until you retire next September. Yeah. I mean, this is very, very interesting when you look at it like this. It feels like a very reluctant yeah. uh, promotion, doesn't it? So he gets five basho as the top tatekyoji. I mean, that feels like too many. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So this is only step yeah. one of this story. Right, okay. When uh, Gyoji gets um, promoted, all of the other ones can go up. They don't, like, up one step. They don't always, though. They don't have to. And so this position of Shikimori Inosuke has become vacant. Yes. And the person who would go into that is Sanyaku, very well regarded, very popular, Sanyaku Gyoji Kumura Tamajiro. He's 62 years old, so he's not, he's got a few years left before retirement. Oh, I recognise this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He's great. Um, very, very strict, very yeah. um, professional. He's tight, this guy. Great calls. Yep. He would step up in, or be promoted into this second rank, this uh, second Tate Gyoji, and he wasn't. A lot of others went up their steps. So ev- a lot of well, other people were promoted. Not a word, not a whisper, just silence yep. on Kimura Tamajiro. Yep. You just stay where you are. We're happy with you. Thanks. He was like, "Yeah." everyone presumes because he hasn't said this. Hey, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. He's quit. He's quit. I respect this so much. I love this, this energy. His boss tried to convince him, stay, please, they might do it. You know, what happens when, yeah. when this guy next year is nah. out? Nah. <laughs> I'm out. No, thanks. I, I think I think we all need to have this energy in our workplace. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. You respect me. You respect me or, or I'm out. You don't get me. Yeah. You, uh, take all of me. What would Tamajiro's job prospects be like as a 62-year-old who has devoted his life to sumo if he wanted to maybe transition into another line of work? Mm. I mean, you know, going into the public service, for example. I mean, that resume is going to look very uh, lean. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know know? what he's going to do. I mean, maybe he has a plan. Maybe he's always had a plan. Uh, But I imagine that that plan was to become the top (laughs) (laughs) beauty. Well, I don't know. I, I... 
could see some kind of YouTube channel on the horizon. Ooh, leaks. Talking Tamajiro. <laughs> where, maybe where, we could get him on. Well, if we could make that happen, that would be amazing. Yeah, but just maybe a, a channel where he, he, yeah, after each basho comes on and gives his insights into the Georgie's performances. Yeah. Ooh. That'd be so interesting. I know there's, there's so many people who love you know, hearing yeah. about the guilty, they've got their own, you know, their own ranks, their own oh, stories, absolutely. their own ways of doing things, their own quirks. But it just leaves the guilty in a really weird oh, spot. Does, There's no it? more promotions now until next yeah. spring, I believe. Uh, sp- sorry, spring, Australian spring. Yep. <laughs> Japanese autumn. Yep. Uh, and so then... Um, the new Kimura Shonosuke Hideki Imaoka will be gone. He'll retire after September. There'll be no one in those two top positions. I guess, you know, then they'll bring the other, all the other Kimuras up. Yeah. But there'll be no Tamajiro there. What, what do we know about the Kimura pipeline in terms mm. of new talent? Well, Are they doing I'm more enough? interested in the Shikimori pipeline. Yeah, well, the What's Shikimori pipeline. Maybe we, we could have a bit of a look in that, at that in our Patreon episode. Yeah, we got to get Shikimori's back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing in schools yeah. to get kids interested in becoming a Shikimori? Yeah. Not enough is what I say. Uh, thank you for that. Interesting. I think you shed some light on a very complicated matter and I feel yeah, like... Yeah, well, thanks for, thanks for being with me through that tricky start. Yeah, well, time, no, I think... I, think I delved a, back into the 16th yeah. century. <laughs> you did a great job. Uh I think that brings us to sumo karaoke. Yes. Yay. Let's listen to some rikishi singing. We've spoken about Okunumi already. Uh, He had his Danpatsu Shiki and there was a bit of a party that happened afterwards. He was looking so sharp. Oh, he's a very good looking man. The hair. Yep. On point. And I think the secret with the hair, don't clip it too close on the sides. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Did he, he have a bit more on the side, did he? Yeah. Number three? I think, no, I think Number it was four? scissored. Oh, scissor. Yeah. yeah. It looked great. Yep. Tuxedo. It was it was just perfectly sitting on him. Yeah. He's always had a good shaped body as well. Like to go straight into your time at ceremony, oh. a suit sits on him well. Oh, he, he doesn't have to do a lot. Yeah. He, he looked very striking and he stepped up and uh, performed a karaoke song. At the party. So he is singing a song called Ozora to Daichi no Nakade, which is in the earth and sky. Now we're going to play the audio. There's a voice that starts off here that's not Okonumi, but you'll hear very early on when this person hands the mic over.
I mean. What? Come on. An octave jump there at the end. What did you think of that? I, th- what you said before, we didn't know yeah. what we had until yeah. it's gone. I didn't know he had no. this voice. That is a professional singer's voice. That is so beautiful. How did we not know about this? I mean, you know, everyone knows about Ikioi. Everyone knows about Takiyasu. This dark horse yeah. has been there all along with it's a just... voice that has, as you said, great control, great range. Yeah. I think it, that final note gave me uh, a little bit of Roy Orbison. Yes. Do you know? <laughs> yes. This, oh, this took my breath away. It, it was spot on pitch-wise. The timbre of his voice oh. is so lovely. Maybe he was always putting his hand up to sing and he was never getting chosen or maybe he's shy or maybe he wasn't putting himself forward and no one knew. Look, I, Dark horse. I could put the blame on myself. I mean, you know, over a couple of years there, I think I was so looking too hard on the dark web. Mm. When I just should have been looking on the normal internet. The light web. The light web. Uh, that first voice you heard that kicked off the song um, was actually uh, Chiharu Matsuyama, which is the original singer of that song, Ozora to Daichi no Nakade. So Matsuyama was born in 1955. He's a Japanese folk singer and he made his debut in 1977. Uh, 46 years ago, I can tell you, because that was the year I was born, uh, with his single Tabidachi. Now, this Matsuyama, he's a bit of an interesting character, right? Um, you know, made it big in the late 70s, early 80s. And despite numerous requests over his career, he's refused always to appear on television. Really? Yeah. Never? And in Japan, that's massive, right? Well, for music, it absolutely is. He even turned down multiple offers to appear on that New Year's Eve music show, that Kohaku Utagasen. I think we've watched that before. It's basically like in Japan on New Year's Eve, it's what you do. You watch this musical spectacular. Very interesting guy. Um, Now, I'm not sure if you knew, I mean, you probably did, but in the late 90s, there was something known as the Hokkaido beef scandal. (laughs) Where, I did not know that. No, you know, I'm sure you did. We've spoken about this Search before. your memory. <laughs> so this involved uh, mislabeling of Hokkaido beef uh, as being from Hokkaido when it was in fact imported. Matsuyama, he was hired by Hokkaido beef following this scandal <laughs> as a brand ambassador and actually travelled around Japan uh, representing Hokkaido beef. You're back down the dark web again, are you? <laughs> There was a really, really nice story here, um, 2017. So he's quite old, old Matsuyama, but he he's still out there and he was on the plane of uh, Nippon Airways Flight 1142. And obviously everyone who knows that flight knows it goes from Sapporo to the new Chitose Airport. Oh, sorry, that airport to Osaka. Uh, the flight was delayed and the flight attendant obviously knew who Matsuyama was and came to him and said, Everyone is frustrated due to this delay. It's because security is overwhelmed. Uh, can you do anything? Matsuyama, with the blessing of the <laughs> captain of the flight, got on the uh, the PA system and sang that song that we just heard then. Right. Uh, a spokesperson at Nippon Airways said, I want to thank Matsuyama for his kindness. Aww. So very interesting character, very interesting song. And just a, an amazing performance from Okanumi. I think it must be a popular song because I recognise that we've heard it sung 
in yeah, karaoke well, before, I think. I think we have, and I think I had a lot of trouble identifying this song. Mm. Uh, I actually was helped out by someone on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you to that uh, mysterious, helpful person who got back to me and gave me the details. But this is a banger of a song, uh, very, very much in that pop anchor style. Uh, and Okunumi just slayed it. I wonder what the connection between those yeah, two I are, wonder. whether he has always loved him and asked him, you know, they, they got in touch and asked him to sing or yeah. whether they're family members. No, or... that's I, I couldn't find any information on yeah. that, but for Matsuyama to be there at the Intai party, yeah. he must be on uh, in the inner circle, let's yeah. just say that much. All Good right. One. Let's move on. Takanosho. Yes. Have we heard him sing before? I don't think we have. Let's take a listen to Takanosho singing the song Anniversary by Kinky Kids. This was at the Toki Wayama Senshiraku party following Akibasho. <laughs> I love that. What a great song. Great song. Good performance. It was. He's got that little flick in his voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's something, I don't know. It was good to see Takanosho up there giving it his all. I think he warmed up too. Like at the start, he sounded a little bit nervous. Yeah. It did go quite high for him. Yeah. But that's a common feature of a lot of these songs. You're just getting more and more nervous as you're listening as they get higher and higher. And then it's suddenly like, oh, you nearly got it. And it's something we've spoken about a lot, but it's one of the traps of karaoke where the start of the song is within your vocal range and you don't really know something's out of your range until you're trying to sing it yeah. sometimes. Yeah, but also like karaoke, hopefully he's had a few beers and he doesn't mind. Yeah. Well, in the lead up to this video, apparently, or the lead up to him singing this song, he was trying to get his wife up on stage for them to sing together. Right. She was not into the idea right. and made him sing by himself. Let me tell you a little bit about Kinky Kids. Now, I know that name, yeah. you know, might put up a few red flags yeah. to people, but um, Kinky is actually... Another name for the Kansai area. So Kansai is where Osaka is related. And the two members of this band, Tsuyoshi Domoto and Koichi Domoto, are both from Kansai slash Kinki. Brothers? No, they're not. Oh. Interestingly. They both just coincidentally have the same last name. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So I'm not sure if... 
listeners have heard of Kinky Kids before, but they are one of the biggest and most successful pop acts in Japan. They're in the top 20 highest selling artists in Japan of all time. They are 19th, but that's still top 20. Uh, and they have sold nearly 30 million physical copies. Wow. That's a lot. Um, Good choice of song then. Popular one. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. I think people would have really enjoyed that. Now they have a Guinness World Record. So their record is most consecutive number one singles since debut 45. Wow. Number one singles in a row. Wow. In a row. Yes. So just the charts were occupied by them on number one. Uh, no, well, I guess they put a single out, it goes oh, to right, number right. one. They put another single out, yep, it goes yep. to number one. So hugely popular, hugely successful act. And they also have, and this is a bit of a, one of those stats where you go, all right, uh, most consecutive years with a Japanese number one single. So between the years 1997 and 2022, every year featured a Kinky Kids number one single. Yeah, right. So I mean, I imagine there were some others in between, but every year had every at least year one. Every year had a number one from them. Wow. Kind of amazing. This, they have 16 studio albums out and each album hasn't, well, the first album was called A Album. The second album was called B Album. All the way through their, their last album that they've put out is called O Album. So it's something I like about that. Now, in 2007, they released a 10th anniversary best, uh, best of album titled 39. Let me tell you why that was significant. What's the Japanese word for three? Sun. What's the Japanese word for nine? Q. Say those together. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. It was a thank you to their fans. So it featured uh, 11 of their top songs as voted by fans as well as, uh, I think, two other collections of 14 song favourites, which brought the total number of songs to 39. Wow. So something beautiful about that, Kinky Kids. Thank you. Now, Tucker Norshaw, during this performance, you always have to put these performances in context. Tucker Norshaw, he was coming off a disappointing six and nine Ooh. at my Gashira four. So it was good to see him in such high spirits and absolutely belting that song out. And I imagine he would have had a smile on his face as oh, well. Oh, he has beautiful you smile. You know, you know. Yeah. You haven't seen the video, but I'll show you later. I haven't actually. I, yeah. I missed that one. So well, I please, keep these, please send it to me. I keep these secret from you. You do. Yeah. You always do. These are always You a never surprise. know what you're going to get. All right. We're going to move on to our final selection, a very popular Rikishi Ura. Well, I have seen this one. I've seen You've this video. You've seen this one. This song is called Sayonara and it is featured on the official Sumo Kyokai YouTube channel. Sayonara, ta-da, 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 ta-da. Itoshiki hibi o zutto wasure nai daro.僕は君を。見えた空の小夕暮れの街、青い海と空高い色、君明けた仲間の顔を見返る。何かが起きそうな兆しもなく、誰かに変われるはずもなく、当たり前のように通り過ぎた毎日。離れ離れに。I love those sounds at the end. 
uh, sounds of his bounce. So they, this is a new thing on the Sumo Kyokai channel, right? They put their bouts over the top of them singing karaoke. Yeah, <laughs> this is such fantastic content. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought I'd leave that in there so we could talk about it. So, yeah, it cuts, it overlays to some Uru bouts from the Basho. This is such good content. It's really good. Sumo Kyokai, I should just say, I was, I was going to mention this before have stepped it up yes. a notch in terms of their content. The Twitter account is amazing. They're putting out so much stuff and the video channel as well. And the new thing you can pay to see old Basho, we yeah. haven't done it yet. So we're, we will look in, into mm. that and get back to you. But, but Back to Ura though. Yeah, back, back to, to Ura. Ura. Did he choose that piece? Because that sounded really hard, That fitting all those lyrics in. Yeah, I mean, what he lacked in pitch, he made up for in rhythm there, yeah. right? That was an absolute... Gusto. <laughs> avalanche of syllables that he completely nailed there. And for some reason, his voice matches up exactly to what I imagine for him. And I can't quite pinpoint why. There's something about it that's, um, I really don't think I can describe it. it, just a little bit shy, a I was little bit. I was going to say gentle. Gentle and, and tentative. Just in the way he moves sometimes, you know, he's sort of almost twitchy springing around. It sort of matches up to that. It just sounds perfect for him. He's not a natural singer. No. Um, and you can see that he doesn't look that comfortable up yeah, there. Yeah, a little bit apologetic. A little bit apologetic. But, I mean, you know, the wonderful thing about sumo and singing and these worlds colliding is you don't have a choice. Yes. <laughs> well, he's someone who is so well-known and so popular and just would be expected to do this. But then to really commit to it like that and, and pull it off and, you know, he's having fun. Let me tell you a little bit about that song, Sayonara. It's by a group called Kariyushi 58. This is a four-piece Japanese pop group formed in 2005 from Okinawa. Um, very much known for their Okinawan sound. Now, their, their name, Kariyushi 58, comes from the Okinawan word for harmony, Kariyushi. The 58 comes from the name of a Japanese highway. So Route 58. Now, Route 58 is really, really interesting because it starts in Kagoshima, yep. which is the southern part of Kyushu, and finishes in Okinawa. Oh. So, it goes across the sea. Well, technically the highway does, but... It, this this um this highway has only ha it has roads on four separate islands. Wow! But it's counted as Route Fifty Eight. Yeah. So it is across the isle. Well, it starts on Kyushu, goes to Tanegashima, Amami, Oshima, and then Okinawa. Wow! Yeah, that's cool. So Route Fifty Eight, you can't actually drive it length to length, but it's counted as one thing. Was well, there a ferry you can drive your car onto? Ooh, that's at all points. Gee. Okay, let's add that to our list, the Route 58 start to finish drive and boat yep. trip. <laughs> uh, again, putting this performance in context, Ura was coming off a pretty good nine and six in Magashira 4 last time. Yep. You could hear that in his enthusiasm. <laughs> oh, thanks for Sumo Karaoke. It's always so much fun. Uh, no problems at all. Uh, Oho. Oh, yeah. You've I got just something saw to tell me about Oho. Just a tiny little thing I saw. He went on the TV show Junk Sports. He was on with... Um, Ex Rikishi, uh, ex Toyonoshima. And he just said something that I really liked because I have, I, I know that Oho is an important name in sumo with his lineage and everything. I've struggled to um, 
you know, to, to get to know him. I, I didn't know mm. that much about him. And this little piece of information has just delighted my heart. He loves baking bread. Huh. It's one of his things that he loves to do and cooking in general. So he doesn't live at the Haya. You don't have to when you're a, um, a secutory. You can choose to live outside. So he has an apartment and just comes into the stable huh. for training. Okay. I, I thought you had to be of a higher rank to have that option. Yeah. Maybe it's not secutory. Maybe it's Makuchi. Uh, yeah. Or yeah. higher rank higher than he Higher rank is. than he is. Yeah. Well, well, I don't think so. He's got an apartment. Because he's out. And he showed some pictures of his bread. Now I'll put this on our Instagram page as well, because it's not just bread. It's not just a loaf of bread that everyone was baking during the <laughs> pandemic. It's some beautiful twisted French knot style bread. And it looks delicious and I'd love to eat it. He says, um, living alone has joys such as going to the toilet and finding no one in it. Hmm. So obviously a, uh, a bathroom issue. Yeah. <laughs> <So> yeah. <laughs> and as a low ranking ricochet, I was only allowed to cut vegetables, but in my own apartment, I can cook everything. And so when he's not training, he spends two to three hours in the mornings baking bread. Okay, so I mean the obvious spin-off here, I'm thinking cooking YouTube channel. Please. Cooking with Oho. Yep. Uh, and I'm also thinking Oho Cooks. Yeah, Oho Cooks is also good. Uh, and I'm thinking a, a curry. Yeah. Do you know that you can buy a Kokugikan? Oh, an yeah. Oho curry. Yep. Or a um a uh cookbook. No, a bread base. <laughs> What's the thing? Oh, you, uh, yeah. yeast. yeast. Based. What do you call it? Yeah. That everyone had during that. Oh, yeah. It's oh, I've not got to protect starter. my blah, blah, blah. Oh, what is that oh, called? I never did it. No, I, I think, you know, we all had a tough time during the lockdowns, during the pandemic, but the never once. The sourdough starter. Start, yeah. yeah. Never once did I think about baking bread. <laughs> I imagine he has a great sourdough starter <laughs> at, his, sure at his little apartment. Um, thank you for bringing that. That's, uh, oh, I thought it was cute. helps me get closer to that's all. That's right. That's yep. right. Any piece of information like this where I can, I can get to know one of the Rikishi, I really like to uh, share it around. Uh, let's talk about the scrapping of the Tsuke Dashi system. Oh yeah. All right. I know. <laughs> yep. I'm, we've gone from something light and good time to some serious sumo let's talk here. Let's get into here. it. Uh, John Gunning. Respected sumo journalist mm -hmm. uh, published an article in the Japan Times on October 4th outlining the uh, revision uh, of this Tsukadashi system. This system was established in 2001. And essentially what it does, it allows Rikishi, who have won one of the four major amateur titles, to skip the bottom three divisions and enter sumo towards the top of Makushita. Mm. So I've seen a few exciting uh, up-and-coming young Rikishi do that. Recently there was Hakuho, Hakuho, Hakuoho. Hakuoho. We've got to get back <laughs> into that again. He was out last time, so we've lost, yeah, the, we've forgotten it. lost the ability to say it. And Onosato, as you, as you mentioned uh, the other day. Uh, so they're scrapping this system, yeah. um, which look, so, so they're scrapping this, this system and they're basically opening more spots in the lower divisions. Yeah. So essentially they're not allowing this high starting position of Makushta, but they're allowing more younger Rikishi to come straight in, uh, to the lower divisions. And to do that, they've also relaxed the constraints around it. So you don't need to have won an amateur title. You just needed to have made the quarterfinals. Oh, right. 
Yeah. So essentially it's giving a pathway for these amateur rikishi and university rikishi to come into the sport and uh, at a younger age and get them into that sumo lifestyle. We've heard a lot about sumo, the challenges it faces bringing uh, young kids into the sport. So much competition these days in Japan, baseball being the top sport, soccer starting to pick up and pull kids towards it. And the success of sumo really relies on young people getting involved and staying in it. So look, I, I don't know if I've got all the details of this correct, but essentially Hakuo Hall probably will be the final uh, rikishi that we see enter at such a high, high rank. Uh, and Does it kick in straight away? I think it's kicked in straight away. Yeah, right. Yep. Jeez, they, when they make decisions, they really make them, don't they? Oh, they, they do. And, and I like this kind of decisive action. And as uh, John Gunning points out, the idea is, yeah, to make a pathway for younger rikishi to come in. Or younger they people to come in. get rid of height and weight restrictions as well? Did they? I think I so. I didn't even think there were height and weight restrictions. I, I, I think I saw well, that as well. As, a, as another thing to... Um, just be like, hey, everyone. It's a free Please for Please do sumo. Well, can I tell you, car park sumo is going to be yeah. super exciting now. Well, I think they had really seen a drop off in number of new uh, people coming yeah. in through Maya Zumo. Yeah. And there was a couple of Basho where there was no one. So mm. maybe it really just got to that point where they're like, we have to do something. We have to do it now. We're yeah. seeing these great amateur competitions. We're seeing a lot of people succeed in high school. Let's just let them in. It's like, a pipeline. Don't worry it's about how they're thing. going. Yeah, just exactly. Pop them in there. You, are you too short? Nah, come on. Let's yeah. do some sumo. I yeah. love it. I think it's good. <laughs> now, I think, you know, a lot of people, when you read an article, you stop reading after three par paragraphs after you've got the, the part of the story that's important. Oh, yeah. Or just the heading for just me the, sometimes. Just the heading in a picture. Yep. <laughs> I know what's going on with politics. I saw a picture and read a headline. Yep. But for the people who dug deeper into this uh, article, we got some unadulterated John Gunning opinion. Oh, okay. He loves an opinion. We did. So I think, and I'm going to try to summarise this because it, it does build towards a final crescendo okay. of uh, sumo insight. The pen's digging into the page. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he would have been spent after this one. So he thinks in terms of a recruitment point of view, that the JSA uh, have done something good here and they should be welcomed. He did think, though, that it's really only um, appealing to a very small uh, proportion of young people in Japan, i.e. Uh, those kids, the amateurs, the collegiate uh, rikishi who are already in the system. Mm -hmm. His argument is that it's not doing enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that essentially you're just fast-tracking people into the sport. Who are already in it. Exactly, right. and who would already eventually turn pro. So the other thing that he said was that, and I'm going to quote here, from a practical point of view, being showered with all the rewards that Sekitori life brings without having experienced at least six to nine months of lower division grind isn't all that conducive to creating well-balanced individuals who are appreciative of what they have. Yeah, right. So he's saying this system where you can bring them in without them grinding their way up through Mayazumo and through the, the very bottom divisions isn't going to produce well-rounded people. Mm. What do you think of that? Well, my immediate thought with this is what happens to 
uh, those lower divisions, you know, what happens to Johnny Dunn and John Acucci? Wow, so who, yeah. who is down there now? People who've fallen down uh, through injury or who have um, come in maybe at a higher rank now and not proven that good and have gone down there. It turns, for me, that was the big question, and I will come back to John's, mm. but does that turn those bottom two division into just a trash kind of yeah. division with no meaning? It's a great question. Because the best ricochet anyway who start at the bottom power tend to power through those so anyway. Quickly. So why wouldn't yeah. you just let them have those moments um, and you can see those sort of bright sparks, those talented ricochet down there as well, gives them, as John says, and so now I guess I come back to that, that, that um, experience of being in the Kokugikan, being in a different stadium, um, the day-to-day turning up for your seven bouts, working out what that means, spending some time with all of your colleagues. Well, it's interesting because listen to the analogy that John Gunning draws here. And I quote again, the notion of management starting out by working on the factory floor or in the warehouse Mm. to better understand the company they are being primed to run has validity. Oh, primed to run. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Understanding how it all works, I suppose. Yep. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's an interesting position. Now, he continues here. Yeah. To go, the system, yes, it does a good job of, uh, you know, identifying those future rikishi, but he thinks the JSA needs to take a, a wider view of bringing young people into the sport. And he recognises that parents of today are a lot more aware of concussion issues mm-hmm. and you're seeing and I'm saying this very generally, uh, parents not letting their kids get involved in these contact sports where head clashes are a common thing. Mm -hmm. In Australia, we have Australian rules football. Uh, Head clashes happen, even though there are rules that try to mitigate that. And I wonder whether that's not, that doesn't have something to do with the rise of soccer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the way they fall over, you'd think that they were (laughs) (laughs) hitting each other the whole time, but they're actually not that that often, are they? (laughs) Anyway, so so now John starts to talk about sport in the US, saying that um, things like flag football. So, so what you call it, gridiron in the states? Yeah, he's going deep. I mean, we're getting to the final paragraphs, and I mean, this is why fifth whiskey here. Just have a ponder. (laughs) I've always said you've got to read these gunning articles to the last word because that's where the good stuff is. There he goes. So he's saying that American football or gridiron as we call it, I'm not sure what it's called in America, maybe they just call it football, Um, they're coming up with alternative rule sets uh, to make the sport more attractive for kids. And I think we see similar things in Australian contact sports Mm. uh, where it's not about full tackles, it's about tagging, and in that way you can bring young people into the system. So here he, he, he lets the reader sit and connect the dots. What's he suggesting here? Mm. He's suggesting uh, that the, the JSA come out with some alternative product mm-hmm. that is less contact-based mm. to sell to young people. Wow. Yeah. He's a thinker. I mean, he's, he is, and I think the sport needs thinkers like this to ask these questions. What would... 
this sumo rule set or this alternative sumo look like though? Yeah. It, it's it's by nature a contact sport. Well, possibly you see some of these rules coming in through that. Like we've just seen the world championship go down, right? In yep. sumo, where from a, around the world, yep. um, everyone's come and compete. Uh, it was one won by Japan, but a lot of other countries. I know Ukraine was very yeah, they successful. Dominated, didn't they? Very successful. Yeah. Um, I, we follow the Norway sumo team. They did very well as well. There were people from um, US, the, one the guy women, from Australia. The women's American Australia. team? Yeah. Dominated. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure how they did, but they, they, they did very well. And I think there is there, are there some other, I'm really venturing into territory I don't know here, so please <laughs> just love to hey, talk about things. People like, have heard this podcast before, no <laughs> this is what we do. But are there some other rules at the touchy eye there that you, you get, um, uh, you go, sorry, the, the referee says go? Yeah, I wonder, I mean, it does seem that it's the touchy eye where this happens. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't necessarily, just by saying three, two, one, go, that doesn't stop a head clash. No. But, um, I, I feel like that's the point. Uh, I feel like there are some, maybe some other rules that would come in through a world perspective to the sport, as yeah. well as thinking about children coming up in Japan. Is there a way that the amateur leagues around the world will end up influencing yeah. sumo as Could well? Could be. You never know. I mean, we know sumo is famously inward looking. Yeah. So, or Japanese sumo, at least. Well, Japanese sumo, sorry, yeah. I should say, uh, very much takes its cues from itself. But it could be interesting to see if, you know, as we see world sumo continue its growth, where maybe it could inform what goes on. Yeah. Very, very hard to see the sport changing, though. Yeah. Well, it's it's just a really interesting point. I mean, I think my my favourite point about John's um, mm. stepping us through this this yeah. thought process here is that that thing of rewarding success um, and then going straight into a situation where you're required to or you, where you're not required to grind mm. and the repercussions of that. That's a really interesting thing to think about. They might have been in sumo for very many years, so they might have, they might move into Sundanme or Makushita when they're 20. Yeah. So they might have been in sumo for 10 years before that. So they might have done their grinding, but it wouldn't be the same as being in a, a stable. In a hair, yeah. yeah. yeah oh, there's so much to, to think about here. This is a real, uh, just a piece you can come back to. Mm. So much to think about there. Thank you, John. We love your work. Well, we've taken you through a whole lot of sumo news and thoughts and music and... Uh, mayhem. Mayhem. <laughs> Not really. Uh so we're going to wrap it up now for this episode of Talking Sumo before the November Kyushu Basho. The Banzuke will be coming out on October 30. Two weeks away. Not far away now. And uh, we'll be back to take you through that. And, of course, during the Kyushu Basho, we'll be doing our best to bring you a podcast every day, but we will be there mm. uh, from day eight yep. through to day 12. Yep. Uh, so we can't wait. Yeah, that'll be really, really fun. Oh, one other thing I want to flag, the, uh, calendar, the sumo calendar has come out for this year. And the reason oh, I mention yeah. it is because I think there's a really massive version. I saw, um, an ad on the Sumo Kyokai Twitter channel where the horizontal measurement, sorry, the vertical measurement of it is 100 centimetres. 
What? That's big. That's three rulers, over three rulers. That's a big calendar. That is a big calendar. I As like usual, that. they don't ship it outside yeah. uh, Japan. Japan. So you'll have to look for our usual methods of getting it out. There's a whole lot of people who uh, pass that calendar on. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, but we it's need a to big get, boy. We definitely need to get one. <laughs> I really want it this year. Uh, and keep an eye on our social media for a special competition that we'll be running uh, over the next Basho, brought to you by our friends at tagatastore.com but we'll announce that a little closer to the basho. We sure will. And again, if you wanted to support Sumo Manichi, Manichi would be good if I could say the name of our podcast <laughs> properly. Uh, you can donate to the Sumo Manichi Sake Fund through PayPal via sumomanichi at gmail.com. Thanks for being with us for this epic episode. Uh, we'll be back soon. Sumo Manichi out. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. Yeah, baby.